We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You know the way I wanted to start this podcast, Dan? Screaming. No. It was actually, uh, now I can't even do it because I was, I was going to go nowhere. I wanted to sing 22 by Taylor Swift because it's podcast episode number See, 22, man. The we, thing is, though, you would do that and then it would just be me sitting here silently. Like, because like, yeah, you, so you, you'd be making the reference and I would be like, no idea 22. what that is. Does that sound familiar to you? Not, not even vaguely. <laughs> See, you're not cult- Wow, sometimes I'm not cultured. You not knowing Taylor Swift 22 is not cultured, hey, Zan. I'm just not a Taylor Swift fan. That's you know? And that's a typical Zan move, <laughs> I do say so myself. But uh, welcome uh, back, viewers, to Esports Rewind Podcast. We keep on cranking them out as per usual, pre-recorded on Thursdays. I'm pretty goddamn tired, Zan. How are you feeling? Yo, I don't, how, yeah, I mean, I think we're all tired. It's been a, it's an insane <sighs> week for Esports News Yeah, in a way that we... Once again, we're at that point where esports news is kind of broken out into the real world to a certain extent. It's almost like traditional news, man. It's like yeah. every day is a news day. Yeah, yeah. Something big happens, but yeah. that's good for us, huh? Yeah, I mean, hey, we all got stuff to talk about. And that's we true. got plenty of stuff to talk about today's podcast. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. hope you guys all do enjoy. Uh, let's uh, let's get right into it. So, you know, usually, Zan, it's you talking about Tencent, but I think today I'm going to give it my little run. Uh, not anything like in particular, but oh, okay, we've okay. obviously heard a lot from Tencent over uh-huh. the past, you know, however long, uh, different stories here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll talk about probably some other Tencent stories later on in the podcast. I wanted to start this one off, though. We kind of just going over a quick list with you okay. of every game that Tencent has its hands in or every project we know of currently that Tencent has ownership in. So this is going to be like a 40-minute long list, no, right? Like we're going to be like the, talking. The list is like, the yeah. longest part. Yeah. I don't even think we need to talk too much in depth uh, about all of these besides a few of them. But just wanted to give people kind of a context of Tencent. Whenever we talk about them, we're like, oh, my gosh, they're so scary. Right. This is just a few of the companies, I think. They have other projects, right, that don't need to mm-hmm. be listed. These are just right. their investments. Yeah. Out there. So, a list um, as well. If you guys just want to Google who Tencent owns, it probably will come up to all of you. The first and foremost, Riot Games, they own 100% of Riot Games. 
which is always insane to think about that Riot was 100% owned. Like Riot is 100% Tencent. not Riot, Yeah, which is pretty yeah. crazy. And then uh-huh. we'll definitely talk about this in another, another story coming up here pretty soon. It's pretty crazy to see how influential, if you get bought out, how much your decisions are not your own anymore. Even if it's not just Riot 100%, but mm-hmm. other percentages too. Tencent's been dipping their hands and they've also been dipping decisions in all of these tiny little ownerships they have. I would be fascinated to learn what the benefit of the League of Legends partnership with Tencent is. Yeah. Because the League was doing fine beforehand, so it's not like they really needed the investor capital or anything. And I believe the original amount was actually $400 million. you got to yeah. imagine it's probably worth a bit more than that right? nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So, right? And all of these I'm going to list off very quickly here as well. They've, they've made just... Not even presumptuous is the right word. A a lot of sums of money out there they've made from these investments. These might be the smartest business people in the world, honestly. They're gods of esports. They're gods of gaming. They know what to dip their fingers in. They know what to buy. That's only even in the gaming sphere. If you ever look outside of gaming, everything they have money in and everything they've made money on, it's... It's almost like if Tencent is, is willing to invest in you or buy you, maybe uh, you shouldn't be selling because <laughs> they know that they know what you could be. But then again, yeah. how do you reject a, a Tencent investment? Right. Uh, right. So anyway, continuing very mm, quick, mm. Epic Games, 40%, $330 million at investment. By the way, last year alone, <laughs> Fortnite made $2.4 billion. So Tencent, yeah. <laughs> the guy who made that deal, whoo! Paying for the kids and the fam. You know he got promoted real quick. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Blue Hole, which is PUBG, 11.5%. PUBG Mobile also making hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Ubisoft, 5%. We got on top of that as well, Activision Blizzard, 5%. We'll talk about them in a bit. That 5% is actually very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, the list goes on. Grinding Gear Games, that's a Path of Exile. Right, right. 80% of them. Other investments worth noting are Supercell. So that's uh, not Clash of Clans, I believe. It's yeah, su- that, Supercell. That's right, yep gigantic in the app space. Mm-hmm. They own 84% of them. Frontier Developments, uh, Cacao, probably mispronounced that. Sorry, Zam. No, no, that's actually pretty close. Let's go! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paradox and Fat Shark, amongst others as well. Funcom, Shark Mob, Discord, Reddit. <laughs> like, I don't even know yeah. how to react to this point, yeah. bro. Like, Honestly, I'm glad we're only looking at that list because if you, if you go to like... Ask, ask, ask the movie industry what Tencent it's is doing. It's so scary. And you're just like... Ah. <laughs> and people don't re- like before you told me a lot of this stuff uh-huh. I didn't realize it before we started covering all these stories uh, you know you really have no knowledge of it just discord and reddit alone makes you scared about what they're maybe pushing on those sites mm-hmm. and on those forums of what they want public and what they don't want we have all these conspiracies about you know epic games and all these devs out there downvoting on reddit mm-hmm. who's not who's to say that it's not freaking the kings of Tencent behind it all I mean if anybody knows how to stay quiet keep their heads down and just do what they need to do it's Tencent Tencent's been around since the 1900s, and most people have not heard of them up until, like, maybe this year. And those are just gaming. You said movie industry. We talked about last podcast, AI. Music. They have, honest, their their catalog is, think, think think about how scary Apple is, right? Yeah. And then just make it, like, Apple, but they do everything but the phone. Yeah. And they also kind of do phones. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and just like, uh, yeah, it's so it's, crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to just briefly have a segment about that. Obviously, we could have individual videos about that in the oh, future. Mm-hmm. But we just want to reiterate to all of you guys, we always say Tencent is king when it comes to gaming, but it's because they expand so much elsewhere. Oh, you know what? 
technically speaking, they are actually king of gaming. They are the number one. They're the biggest video game company in the world. Which makes perfect with sense. With all of their holdings. Yeah, I and looked so that up. And yeah. so it's, it's just like, it's weird to see, like, everyone talks about, oh, Valve, Activision Blizzard, uh, you know, uh, Riot. But everything mm -hmm. is owned by Tencent. <laughs> yeah, right. And so everybody's, like, starting these wars between companies. And it's like, oh, it's all just one company making all the money. What yeah, you, it's like. <laughs> what is it, What is the point? <laughs> if esports or gaming's in a simulation, that simulation is being ran by mm -hmm. Tencent. So uh, we'll move on to your story, but either way, they continue to scare me every single day, and uh, that's Tencent. All right, Jake. I want to talk about something real quick that I feel like is a generally known fact in esports, but doesn't really get talked about in depth All right. that often. And I, I'm not saying we're going to go too deep into it here. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, we're not you know, too deep, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're pretty surface level. Well, we yeah, touch yeah. lightly on it. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Yeah. So the FGC is broke as heck. No, <laughs> no. We don't make any money. <laughs> Wait, that is that is yeah. the definition of what people probably know but don't um, need to talk about because right. it's, just, it's yeah. the FGC. Yeah, exactly. Right. I feel like everybody knows, but you don't. You don't really get into the numbers that often to see how shocking it FGC can be. fighting game community. Yes, where Zan was born and bred. Why, mm. why are you guys broke? Uh, I mean, I mean, we can get or into how? why. I'll tie, I'll tie back in the why at the end. I just want to look, take a look at some general numbers. Okay. Okay. So, have you ever heard of uh, Zero? He's part of uh, TSM. I think I've only heard of him because of TSM. Yeah. I, I follow their yeah, announcements. That's, that's so. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So anyway, dude had this insane run of fifty-six tournaments, majors, my, my majors and super majors, and like other like assorted tournaments, undefeated. First place, every single one in Super Smash Brothers, right? When was this run? Was it? Uh, I want to say it's 2018. Okay, I was going to say, we probably should have covered it if we had heard about it. Okay, no, so yeah. 2017, 2018-ish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty immaculate run. Uh-huh. How much money do you think he made? See, here's a, let's <laughs> let's have some fun with it really quick, yeah, yeah, okay? All right, all right. Let's just go to my base. If it uh, was CSGO, mm. 55 tournaments. 56. 56 tournaments. <laughs> let's take a very, very base level. Let's say first place prize mm. for... You said majors. These are big events. In majors, fighting. majors, super majors, and like a couple small ones. In so there. let's just take, but mostly like sizable events. All right, I'll go. I'll go yeah. reasonable. Let's yeah. say two hundred fifty k prize pool events, which means first place probably around a hundred grand. Um, so fifty six. So five point six million bucks. My guess. He made around forty five thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> this man. This man's wins fifty six events he in a row. Dominates. He owns the scene. And how long was it? How, does this take an entire year, or does this take? Yeah, over the course over the course of like a year. Or probably, like, probably maybe over, maybe like a little bit of change. Probably like, over a year. Right? Maybe like maybe maybe year and a half tops. Yeah. This dude wins everything possible he can in the mm. FGC, and he makes less than probably most. Oh yeah, there there was there was one there was a one article from him because he's always been super open about talking about this. I think it was uh, in 2018. He said it would be. Technically speaking, more profitable if he'd worked full-time as a McDonald's employee. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah you work your 45, 40, 50 hours a week right, full-time yeah. at Mickey D's, you're mm. probably making right around that. Yeah. And then, <laughs> dude, and imagine if he had just placed second at every event. Right. The fall-off's probably drastic. It's, it's Probably below Ridiculous. minimum wage. He yeah, goes on, from honestly, right above to. If we look at Evo, which uh, for those who aren't in the, into fighting games, Evo is essentially the Super Bowl of like fighting game tournaments. Mm -hmm. First place uh, this year won twenty one grand for Smash. Second place won seven. So that drop off is intense. Yes, <laughs> that's like it's a little sharp. That is insane to me. Like it actually mm. blows my mind, yeah. especially when you look at like Fortnite events. Mm -hmm. You got Booga. 
win one event making three million. This mm-hmm. dude wins fifty six events in his esport. Yeah. That disparity is just like it like you want another one? You want another like crazy one? Give me it, dude. Okay, so you've heard of Sonic Fox, obviously. Yes, I've heard of right? Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox might be one of the do- most dominant fighting game players ever seen. Widely known name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he, in 106 tournaments since 2014 that are on record, right? He, out of those, he took first place at 56, second at 36. Wow, he actually is. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, and that's like in, in different games too. Like yeah, he's got, these he's guys got, know their sticks. He's got a he's got a roster. So like 92 out of 106 tournaments, placing top two at least. Top two minimum, right? First in most of them, right? And out of all that, he's only made like a little bit over 600k. To be fair, though, that's a lot of money. It is. It Especially is. Especially in the but, fighting game community. Yeah. But when you put it into perspective of mm-hmm. a over a hundred events. Yeah. And he's dominating. He's a killer. And he's probably he's the, like, the probably the top earner. He is the top earner. Top earner in history. And over half of that money comes from just Mortal Kombat games because Nether Realms actually puts money into their tournaments. And I think it'd be inc- yeah. incredible to compare that because how run mm. how many years was that run? Uh, since four 2014. Five? Okay, yeah, so yeah. four or five, five years. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We've had probably I, I'm very curious. You said 600k in earnings. We've probably yeah, had a, a good handful of Fortnite kids surpass that amount in the first year. Oh yeah, when I was going through the list of like incredible. esports earner, earners, it was like all Dota, of course, in the top hundred. Yep, yeah, tons yep. of Dota, tons, couple Starcrafts. Then, then Bugga, and then it was just Bugga, like, but just, yeah, yeah uh, just, then it was just like Fortnite people. That which also, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not even getting into mm. freaking name spellings, dude. Uh, yeah. It's spelled Bugga, but apparently it's Bugga. So I, I would, I yeah, don't I know mean, why. We could, we could have an entire hour-long conversation about how nonsense esports names, <laughs> branding, how numbers begin to represent letters, <laughs> like it's freaking math class all yeah, over again. Either yeah, way, yeah. though, the point uh-huh. came across, like. And you wonder mm-hmm. why Echo Fox is going to die. FGC yeah. is not profitable. Yeah, like, I mean, to be fair, Echo Fox even, they have the best fighting game players. I would say they have the best roster. They have all the good people. They have Mewtwo King. They have Sonic Fox. They got Tokido. And I think impressions, impressions, a viewership is worth, mm-hmm. you know, bringing yeah. in some amount. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually being a player in FGC, right. we've seen it time and time again. You've obviously had your two examples. We've heard of Hungrybox as well being mm-hmm. just so dominant. That dude was working a second job yeah. for the first how like so many years of his career yeah, honestly, until like, recently. He just quit his yeah. other job. <laughs> like I think it was like maybe two yeah. years ago. Uh-huh. Maybe. Uh-huh. He's like, Yeah, I can finally quit my job. Oh no, no, I think that I think that might have been this year. Was I think it was last year because I think I saw a video about him actually, uh, no, a th- documentary. I saw a documentary about him last year about how he was doing more tournament it stuff. It was recently. I remember seeing a picture of him because I wasn't I wasn't on the team when he quit his other job. I yeah. remember. He w- it was this year he quit his other job to full-time. Like, let, let's do. close it on this, yeah, dude. Yeah. Hungry Box, one of a, a notorious name in fighting mm-hmm. games. Yeah. It took him how many years player. till recently to quit his job. Mm-hmm. Fortnite, within its first year and a half, this Kids are quitting high school. They're set for life. <laughs> Kids are quitting <laughs> schooling. Yeah. Screw jobs. Yeah. Like, right, it's, right. In, it's incredible to see the disparity, and hopefully mm-hmm. something comes along to actually hype hopefully, that up hopefully. a bit. I think, I think what our current predictions are um, from talking to other fighting game people, we think the next five years. I think it will. I think it will up. see a huge influx. Yeah, and right. I, we've talked about, again, I want to close this out. Mm-hmm. We talked about this very early on this podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. how that – FGC is doing it so smart because mm. they're not overinflating their prize pools right. like everyone else. Yep. And so I think over time, they will see the most consistent rise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please give us money. <laughs>
Xanifer, Xanifer, Xanifer. Always curious about your opinions on these gigantic topics out there. All right, let's hear it. Which one are we diving into today? I know you love hating on developers. And so Yeah, I kind of do, and but that, I hate that I hate that I have to. Fair play, there are a lot of crappy moves made by big boy mm, devs out there. This one, one of the biggest ones we've seen, I think ever. And you already know it's going to be the uh what's what's the word for when you repeat this the starting letter of every word? Like Blizzard backlash over banning Blitz Chung. I know, I know, I know what you're talking We're about. We're gonna be made fun of for that. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> They're gonna look at me like my mom was an English professor. I should know this. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have put this on you, man. I, but hey, yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what uh, you're talking th- about. This is def- alliteration. I think. I think you're. I think you're. Hey. Fact check it. This is one of the biggest stories I think we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen countless videos about this, just about every channel now commenting on this. When we first covered it, we didn't know how big it would be. I did not expect this. So uh, people have heard, understood. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Blitzchung, Hearthstone Pro, uh, Hearthstone Pro, always tongue twister, mm-hmm. banned for a year. Grandmaster earnings taken away. The casters alongside him have also been fired on live broadcast for about 30 seconds. His overall message was to liberate Hong Kong. You are much more of a political guy than I am. We will not dive into it. Yep, definitely um, going to avoid that. Tencent, we love you. Yeah, <laughs> We're not trying to uh, say that Blizzard was necessarily entirely wrong here, but mm-hmm. certainly a very controversial choice. I've already talked about this myself on exactly why they made the choice because mm-hmm. obviously distribution in China pays a large source of their overall income. Absolutely. What are your thoughts on this, Zan? And I, I want your genuine thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in blizzard boots. Okay. You are the man making the choices. Uh-huh. You have one of your games, that being Hearthstone, mm-hmm. one of your pro players speaks out live broadcast, obviously uh, controversial because you are distributed in China. China owns kind of runs with Tencent. Tencent has money in your company. Mm-hmm. The voice that your pro player made is against what Tencent and probably China would want to be heard. Oh, obviously, very much What so. do you do? Okay, so after, I'll, after yeah. seeing that broadcast, yeah. what the heck do you do? Blizzard is obviously in a tough spot. I'm sure you've covered this in your video. They can't just say like, oh, we're not going to do anything. Even 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 if they weren't connected to China at all, they probably would still have to punish him because you can't just have people coming on your broadcast service and throwing political messages out there. You can't like allow that without any kind of repercussion, mm-hmm. right? So in their shoes, I probably would have said like, hey, maybe we, I don't know how, how I don't know how the Hearthstone Grandmaster season works, but if it's like a, if it's like a weekly thing, I would say maybe ban him for a month Suspend or suspend him for a month, mm-hmm. and maybe take his prize earnings from that one single event, and don't just take them and say, "Oh, the mo- where the money is back with us." Maybe donate them. Mm-hmm. Say like, "Hey, yeah, uh, we're going to donate donate this to Chinese people in the United States, some kind of cause." I think that would be a nice middle ground for everybody. When you're not outwardly saying, "Hey, we support Hong Kong," what about everything. with the casters? The two casters they fired. Leave them alone. Leave them alone entirely. Honestly, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I because I think the casters that aspect of it is kind of what pushed it over the edge. Because this, this was because they like, were in collusion. They were working with him. They That's did. They confirmed. didn't. They didn't know what was what was being said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't like. Obviously, they didn't actually say it, and it's not like they were pushing him to say it. You know, that is his choice, mm-hmm. and I think it's more than fair that they chose to honor that. Um, especially with the situation over there. See, I wanted your answer because mm. that is how you would think 
that an upper management person, someone making the choices, that mm-hmm. is how you would think they would think these things through. Right, I would hope so. Within such a small amount of time, we had heard that Blitzchung was going to be banned for a year. Mm-hmm. You recommend a month, maybe yeah. a few weeks, maybe a month or two. Yeah, yeah, not for, maybe, maybe maximum one season. Yeah, his earnings taken yeah. away for the entire series, we do believe. You mm-hmm. recommend, obviously not near as much as that. Right. The casters fired, they're gone. Not gonna be working with Blizzard anymore. You say not do a thing. You would think there'd be that fine line that they would want to walk. Mm. Now, let's let's make let's make this clear. Tencent or others could have had a hand and say, you need to punish them like this. It's very possible. But if that's not the case, you really wonder why they rushed the choice out there to do it. Like I think you said it earlier, to, uh, mm. just to me and you personally, they swung the hammer and they swung it so hard mm. that now the entire world has heard what you have done. And his message that you were trying to subdue has now been heard by it's millions. Ballooned. Like it's, and yeah. he's already talked about this. Mm-hmm. Blitzchung, that being the player, has now said, "I don't regret a thing. I do it all over again, even with this ban." His message has now been heard loud and clear, and mm-hmm. so much more than what you were trying to do. And so, I, I really am generally curious if Blizzard could go back in time, what they would do now, what they would change, if Hon- they would. Honestly, maybe they don't change anything because I know. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, because I, 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 I think they really chose this, knowing full well it could be bad. Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, well, hmm, I think the situation. They're, what they if they could choose to go back in time after BlizzCon this year, I think they might reverse their decision because BlizzCon is going to be, be a, a bit a of a nightmare. Yeah, this is just but, such bad timing. Yeah, yeah, honestly. But I think their main concern, I'm sure, is getting Call of Duty Mobile approved in China. Yes, that's going to be a money maker. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's already made. I think the last like final final count was like 17.7 million. Yeah, in, in seven days. Week, yeah, and it's not even available in China yet. Which is insane, yeah. and that's a that's a keynote here mm. um, to wrap this one up because I think they were really put in a hard spot. That's that's yeah. pretty clear. Mm. It's really easy for us to kind of give them backlash for that, as right. many people have. Which is, I think, it's well deserved. Honestly. It is deserved. Yeah. What they've done is wrong. Yeah. But you kind of got to understand where their decision did come from when it mm. comes to distribution in China. We've mm. talked about this: Diablo three, Starcraft two, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Call of Duty Mobile. They're still seeking approval for, like mm. you said, in right. China. Not been approved yet in China, which, by the way, PUBG operates in mm-hmm. 400 plus million users, countless revenue. I think they've made this choice knowing full well it could be a bad choice, um, backlash wise, community wise. Right. When it comes to revenue, when it comes to paying the bills, mm-hmm. dare I say they probably made the right choice? Is that fair to say? I think I think it's fair to say they made close to the right choice. I think there is a line. If there was a right choice, yeah. If there was a right choice, financially, I think I think, the I, right think choice. There, I think there's a line that could have been walked where they could have reached out to the Chinese government or whoever and said like, "Hey, we definitely condemn whatever was said." They could say this behind closed doors, right? There's no need for a public statement to that effect. They could say, "Hey, we don't love the fact that was what was said. We can't do a whole lot because then that will tank everything that we do as a company." Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, give him a slap on the wrist. Maybe, maybe, hey, maybe you say he doesn't get interviews anymore, even if he wins. Yeah. Maybe just say, hey, yeah, I, I'd be down with that. It's just so hard to know what would have mm. happened or what could have right. happened. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, you know, they made this choice and we're going to find out. Mm. I, I imagine not, it'll be a while before we know, but after BlizzCon, after, after BlizzCon. all this clears up, we're going to find out if their choice was worth it and if Call of Duty Mobile to them is was definitely worth this crazy. Why should not even get approved? <laughs> Another video coming soon yeah, if that's right, the case. Right? <laughs> 
Alrighty, guys. So before we hit our next topic, really quick shout out to this week's sponsor. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a huge pain. It's expensive, time-consuming, and you have so many carriers to choose from. So how do you know you're making the best choice? That's easy. Just use ShipStation.com. ShipStation is the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to ship your products from Amazon, Etsy, or even more, and even your own website on top of that. Your customers will love the quick shipping, and ShipStation works with all the major carriers to find you the best match for your needs. USPS, FedEx, Amazon Fulfillment, ShipStation works with them all, so you get the best deal for your shipping needs. You can even manage all of your orders right from your smartphone. And right now, our listeners can try ShipStation.com for free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. And now, right back to the podcast, guys, and our next topic. All right, all right. So we're going to talk about eSports esports doing good for the world you know let's let's be positive i love for, positive for five same. minutes you know that's pessimistic for once yeah well i mean <laughs> i know you hit me with in the future so yeah I, just... I, I could i could did all this could have a heavy asterisk and yeah. be like this is why i also hate all of this yeah, but, <laughs> but we're gonna keep it but, positive yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be happy for a second so anyway um the rally major just happened for rainbow six siege ah you're talking six Whoa, yeah i'm talking dude. six and i wish i could talk i'm not let, let me not yeah let's yeah <laughs> what are you even ranting about? what are you gonna yeah. rant about See, I'll, I'll, I'll give a preview of a future rant, rant, which I'm sure will come. Rainbow Six Siege is such a phenomenal game. Oh, I know. But Ubisoft is they they just cannot. Why? Why does why does a game have like five different SKUs? There's no reason. Why does it only give you certain aspects of the season pass and split up? Are you like, talking about all the monetization? Yeah, and yeah. All that it's stuff? all a nightmare, dude. You should actually plan that for mm-hmm. uh, next ne- next podcast. We'll mm-hmm. talk about yeah. uh, Rainbow Six Siege and why you hate it so much uh-huh. because it has such high potential, but they yeah. just want to cash out yeah, every yes. freaking chance. Why can why can anyway, people not just positive news today? Why can't people just make good games? <laughs> you think it'd be more simple, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, anyway, positive, positive positive news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So according to Rally's tourism board, Rally in North Carolina, where the Rally Major was held, uh, anyway, the Rally Major itself generated one point forty four five million dollars. Forty four five? I wrote I wrote it weird in my notes. <laughs> Forty-five million dollars. <laughs> <Like>, no, <laughs> sorry, I had to yeah. jump on that. No, sorry, you're fine. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> I hope you do the same to me. Anyway, so the, yeah. they had a major. I don't follow our mm. R six, but it generated one point four five million for the city. Not not money what made. The yeah, frick? not money made at the event. Not money made for the event. Wait, but for the city in general. You're gonna tell me how, right? I mean, they they don't really give a lot of details, and tourism boards rarely do. What but the it heck? works. It works something along the lines of like, say, okay, you got. So there are 2,800 attendees at the event. Those 2,800 people have to eat somewhere, so they're going to eat places in town. They got to take, they got to get cars. They got to get a car Sorry, in town. Will you tell rides. me 2,800 people generate 1.45? 1. What 2,800? Is this 2,800 kings and queens coming <laughs> over to spend bank? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not like, it's not a direct comparison. We're not going like, oh, out of these 2,800 people, each of them each spent like hundreds of dollars. I know, I know. But I know like, you know, all the, all the, well, all got- the traffic that the event brings specifically, I don't, and I, I feel like this is probably part of the reason why tourism boards don't release like super granular. Oh, this is how we calculate. I wish they would though, because that's a really no, drastic yeah. number for yeah. an R six event. I mean, I'd be I'd be super curious to see how the breakdown actually works out. But I mean, and who knows? One point. If we find it out, let's, yeah. But yeah, that's I'll definitely keep an eye out. That is something because mm-hmm. the first thing I think of when you say that is okay. 
franchise league model, city-based model. If you have city-based matches and you right. get a few, even a few hundred people to show up, you're mm. generating, according to the math, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh or yeah, which, which is why I'm sure like the franchise model is going to be great for cities. You know, because people sure. got to eat, Sam. Yeah, people got to drink and stay in hotels. But who knows if it'll, it'll if it'll be good for the esport? But the cities, yeah, yeah, they can cash mm-hmm. out really quick for however long it lasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's actually insane to me because that it does also make me wonder how to CS:GO events because we have CS:GO events, we have uh, right. giant Overwatch events, League of Legends worlds. Mm-hmm. Those are bringing in tens of thousands of people. Oh yeah, definitely. And so all of a sudden we're seeing cities capitalize, which mm-hmm. I don't think cities are actually putting money into esports. So hello, are they just cashing a couple, out? A couple are. I mean, oh, actually, this one specifically says that it's they're according to their executive VP of Greater Raleigh Convention and Visitors Bureau, uh, which is I'm assuming is just their convention center. The overall regulatory group. Yeah. Uh, their motto is play, watch, make, which means that the greater rally community not only plays and watches esports, and they said esports specifically, but we also make and design the software and technologies that help power the global esports industry. Don't know what that means. It means that they're at least the city. But is, the fact that Raleigh, Raleigh, North it. Carolina, of all places out there, can generate 1.45 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought for it was esports event. Yeah, I thought it was odd that it was North Carolina of all places yeah, that was like, generating all this money. But then, <laughs> not to th- <clears throat> not to throw too much shade at North Carolina, but I mean it's North Carolina. It's like me saying yeah. Des Moines, Iowa. It's yeah. like what the heck? Yeah, I, right. I, right? I, I'd take that back. I'd take that. But then you think you think for a second, and I I, lo- I went and looked this up. There are a lot of huge game publishers in Raleigh. Really? Epic Games is in Raleigh. No, are, are you talking about they have offices there or are they based out of Raleigh? Oh, they have offices. I don't think they're based there. But either way, Insomniac is based there. Interesting. Funcom is over there. Funcom? T- Tencent. <laughs> Tencent. Tencent has a hand in t- yeah, Funcom. Yeah. I recognize the name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's actually, that's really cool though because yeah. it, it makes you hopeful that I am very interested to see if it if it kind of compares to a franchise model. Obviously, R6 is not franchise mm. model, but when you locate now in these cities for events, how are cities going to be intertwined? Will cities yeah, be forced definitely. to give those part of those profits back to the organizer? Because TOs are suffering. See, TOs are not making money. Yeah, I would, That's I where would, it kind of becomes a... I would imagine that's got to factor into the franchise league cost to some extent. You'd hope so. Like, I would think that, okay... Because I'm pretty sure the way it works for standard sports, and I'm not a sports person, so don't quote me. Either am okay? I. I'll, I, I, I might as well be talking about Quidditch for all I know. Yeah. Right? But in the, in the Quidditch franchise league. <laughs> I just go, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, no, I, I think cities actually have to bid. They bid for teams. I, that. And, and I think, I think so they stupid, bid for teams because the teams right. bid, bring. No, okay. I live in Vegas. I should know this. We've got the Raiders here. The Raiders. We did bid. Yeah, we did. We bid. So NFL cities bid. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that crosses over to mm-hmm. esports. You guys mm-hmm. let us know. Right, yeah. But that is super interesting because it's widely known that mm-hmm. TOs out there, let's say DreamHack, right. MLG, whatever right. it might be, E-League, they mm-hmm. generally lose money. Yeah, definitely. So it would make a lot of sense if cities give back a portion of you know food sales, mm-hmm. hotel sales, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, to TOs in the, yeah. for a franchise league at least. Mm-hmm. That is super interesting, man. That's why I love when you bring these kind of stories. I know we sounded stu- like it, we yeah. sounded so dumb throughout that entire <laughs> yeah, story. All, anybody who is vaguely fond of sports is like oh, people. 
Dude, we asked more we asked more questions during that story than we had answers. <laughs> Honestly, we should just go out to like the larger company at some point because I'm not not an art department, but there are other people here who literally their job is sports stuff. Is to know that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we're just like, ah, oh, how do sports work? Yeah. Then, God dang it. You know, it's it's funny because like uh -huh. when they ask about esports, we're like, wow, they sound so stupid. When we talk about so sports, they're like, wow, they sound so. No, stupid. yeah, but at least at least we own it. Yeah. We will real. always be like, hey, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're dumb, but that was a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's good. It's good to know esports are bringing money. <laughs> All right, Zan, I'm going to keep this one short. All right, let's hit it. It's all about drugs, baby. Yeah, it's, uh, my favorite subject. Yeah, dog. Uh, oh. we, we just get... I, we yeah. should, I shouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> well, you know, Jake, I just picked up my usual cauldron full of drugs the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, we just got so many. That's how yeah. I, we're able to produce so many videos over here is caffeine. Caffeine yeah. is a drug. That's uh -huh. literally the only drug Actually, I ever do. Yeah, yeah, you're not um, right. So mm -hmm. this is all about the first ever esports organization supposedly to be downfalled by the use of drugs. And it's tragic that's a Does it words? No, it's like this is this is the fighting game org. Oh true. <laughs> this is literally what I heard from you is it's tragic This is it's like drugs. Don't do them folks. No, this is like I know what you mean though. This is so depressing. This is Echo Fox guys. We have talked about their downfall and their death for a few weeks here, probably even a few months. But yeah. they are known as the fighting game org, especially mm. after they sold their LCS spot for League of Legends. They are. They house some of the best fighting game players in the esports or say, in, the, in the community. I would say arguably some of the best in the world. Yeah. And um, yes, latest accusations out there. We'll, we'll keep it brief. We've touched mm. on this so many times in the past. Now we have Rick Fox, former investor, now alleging other former investors. That's going to be Amit Rizada, Stratton Sklavos. Apparently, he says... Some brash allegations. I have many videos about this. You guys can check them out. I'll sum it up here very quickly. He pretty much says these other investors that he got involved with, Rick Fox got involved with these two other guys. He says they got they were friends because of their drug-fueled lifestyle. That drug-fueled lifestyle continued inside Echo Fox. Um, those two guys, alongside Jace Hall and Rick Fox, Amit Rizada and uh, Stratton Sklavos, they got together. They formed this investment group called Vision Venture Partners. They helped raise over $11 million for Echo Fox. One of those partners also apparently took out $2 million from Echo Fox to help pay for their drug use and their drug-fueled parties. Yeah, and allegedly. Alleged, these are all allegations. Yeah, just, just, just to sprinkle just it in there on <laughs> occasion, you know. Keep me safe. Um, these are all allegations by Rick Fox. Uh, even further than that, he alleges as well, because of their drug use, um, they were actually financially manipulating the uh, Echo Fox organization, making tens of millions of dollars around all of this. And all I'm left thinking is what the heck has esports come to? It was always going to happen, and it probably is happening more than we ever hear about. Probably. Because there is no regulation. And all the people who want to regulate are problematic people. It just, so. and I, I feel like my first thought when, when I heard this story was, were you never background checking the investors? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I instantly think, of course you're not because you're an esports organization. Right. You're at the height of investment periods. And of course you're going to take free money from whoever brings it to you. Right. If some rich dude comes in and says, hey, I got a couple million dollars. You're not going to go, oh, but do you do drugs? No, you're going to take the money because, hey, it helps out your esports work. They might just ignore the drugs. They might just be like, well, I mean. Yeah, I'd like to give benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and they okay. probably just didn't know about it or ask about it because, mm. you know, you figure it's a rich guy. He knows what he's doing. Mm. And the rich guy is also like, okay, it's esports. It's going to take off. I'm going to put some money into it. It's negligence on both sides. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah. We have seen so much money come into esports where we're like, who are you? 
Mm-hmm. You're a traditional sports guy. Why are you investing? We've talked several times about how Call of Duty franchising is the stupidest looking investment, yeah, but, but people still dump money into it. Yeah, I think I think it just looks stupid from esports people's perspective because we know the we know Call of Duty and all these other people. Because I mean, if you just look at the viewership numbers, it might look nice on paper. Yeah, true. And then we all know it's not. But Fair I mean, enough. And yeah, and yeah, hey, yeah. we could be so wrong. Oh, it could be the next big friend. It could be a long term investment that does pay off, but short term wise, it does look stupid. And you have these traditional sports guys who come from NFL, who come from NBA. They come from these franchise sports leagues, mm-hmm. which pay like football over in Europe or as we call it, soccer here. It pays off huge dividends. Yeah. Um, but I think just more so it's, it's been it's been a giant negligent period on both on both party sides. And Echo Fox, unfortunately enough, were the ones who took money from just some bad investors. Yeah, that's what it that's what it definitely sounds like. And I mean, it's a shame that it had to happen to Echo Fox of all orgs. And I hopefully it doesn't happen to too many more in the future. Dare I say it's almost a blessing in disguise that it happened. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I I hear that. Just just to, as a, as a warning, is a to forewarning else. for every other organization yeah. to face check all of their investors, to background mm. check, to really look them in the eyes and say, mm. who are you? Do we actually need your money? Do we want your money? And hopefully, this does only spell good things for the future of organizations. Will yeah. it be the last time? You know, real quick, I just want to say that this you, you you just reminded me of this. This is part of what I found so like actually impressive about Nade Shot turning down whatever player that was. We don't know, and we don't know what player. We don't know what player, but I mean, how many orgs can you genuinely point to and say this is an org that would turn down somebody because they might be problematic? It, especially given how popular the player could have been, yeah, and yeah, how much of yeah. maybe a steal it could have been, how, how much money they could have made off that person in the future. It's or, probably all those mm-hmm. deals, all those investments uh, not taken, all those players not signed that we may never hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, the the small genius moves that we'll never hear about. Yeah. I, we can only hope, though. Again, this sets precedence, and that you know, will this be the last time that an Echo Fox situation happens? We can only hope. I don't think it will be. Definitely not. I mean, Denial was not the only one not paying players. There were countless orgs. I mean, NIP might be headed that way sooner rather than later, unfortunately. Will Echo Fox be the only organization uh, downfalled by drugs or bad investors? Probably Mm. not, but they're certainly going to be the first one we talk about in this large of a scale. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully other organizations are just watching from the outside and they're learning to avoid it. Jake, are you ready for some more Tencent talk? Yes, dude. (laughs) Honestly, we should just have a segment at the end of every episode. It's just like, yeah, let's talk about Tencent. What, there, what do we have to t- say about Tencent this week? Is there a better way to end a podcast than yeah. Tencent again? Who knows? Who knows? Tencent part two. Yeah. Podcast honest- number 22. Yeah. It works out nicely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> hey, this is how we show that we're very intrigued by you, Tencent, and we are definitely not worried or concerned about your influence they whatsoever. They don't scare me anymore, man. Yeah, yeah. If anything, <laughs> hey, come on over, Tencent. Uh-huh. We'll take some investments. <clears throat> well, anyway, this this uh, this this story is coming from Neo Liu, who is in charge of Tencent Games' North American publishing team. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean... Sounds official. <laughs> who, know, who knows what his actual job, day-to-day responsibilities are. But anyway... This was an interview in which he talked a lot about PUBG and PUBG Mobile. Ooh, and, okay, you know, okay. Ta- revealed some very interesting things, I think, about how Tencent approaches game development and esports as a community. Okay. Yeah, so um, one of the <clears throat> first things that stood out to me is that he said that uh, we don't think we're advocating users to be more hardcore. And 
at the end of the day, I'm going to paraphrase here just to shorten this a little bit. He, he says, yeah, we, we don't want it to feel necessary for our players to play like multiple hours per day and grind super hard to get to the level where they can consider themselves like maybe in the realm of an esports player. Like, obviously, they want esports pros to be at the top of the pyramid. But yeah. they talk about making more opportunities for those people maybe at the bottom or the middle. Like, for example, the, apparently, they've got, like, uh, obviously, they have the large events like the PUBG Open, mm -hmm. Star Challenge, stuff like that. But apparently, they're making a lot of efforts to run more local amateur tournaments. Amateur, okay, interesting. In the North America. Like, for even if it's not for money, they said, yeah, one of the things they, they want to do more is just, like, hey, make esports more open and approachable for everyone. Is this both mobile and just PC? Uh, both mobile and uh, PC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But mobile, mobile more specifically because they're actually in charge of mobile. I'm just trying to picture yeah. an amateur mobile tournament. Yeah, I know it. It would be super weird just I mean, walking into like, walking you, into a game works to seeing like. 50 do you get a chair phone. and a desk and you just kind of <laughs> hunch over and do your thing? Or? Maybe just say, "Hey, yeah, go, go do your thing." It would look so <laughs> go weird. In the corner over there. God. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyway. Another thing that I found really fascinating here is that apparently Tencent and the Chinese government aren't always on the same page, like in a, in a really interesting way, because I think a lot of people kind of are aware of the fact that Tencent and the Chinese government are very closely intertwined, mm -hmm. very, they work very closely together. You can't be a company as big as Tencent without having approval from the Chinese government. That's mm -hmm. just not how China works, mm -hmm. right? PUBG Mobile isn't allowed in China. Not not in its full release anyway. It's technically not officially released in China. What? Yeah. I, I, I had no idea. They run they run events in China and everything. The Chinese government has not approved PUBG Mobile to be released in China. Wait, 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 wait. Um wait. <laughs> how do they have four hundred million players then? Are are people playing it still? It's in beta and that's how they get around it. Oh, and people can still play it in the beta okay. state, so but people are still playing in China. Yeah, yeah. But the actual full release game they cannot for mobile? actually fully release the game because they have not been given approval. Wait, so that. then I, that that I know this is kind of off topic. Mm -hmm. it, it firstly makes me think, how the heck is Call of Duty Mobile going to be approved? Exactly, right. That's like that's what I'm thinking. And they, because Call of Duty Mobile was already released, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's already released everywhere, but China, Vietnam, and Belgium. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So there's actually a possibility Call of Duty Mobile doesn't get approved. And that Blizzard made the wrong choice probably yeah. then. Wow. There's this other thing I didn't know. Apparently, the lack of approval for PUBG Mobile was so serious. Tencent, they made an entirely separate game. It's essentially a PUBG Mobile reskin. It's called Peacekeeper. And that's released in China. Okay, you're gonna start really throwing me off now. Yeah. <laughs> and Peacekeeper has hit around 50 million daily users, and apparently it's made it made like 14 million from the How app store. How do all these mobile games just take off so fast? 14 million dollars in a week only in China. It's that's the only place it was available. I don't understand. And with peacekeepers, in order to make peacekeepers um, okay for the Chinese government, they had to cut out a um, couple, like a lot. Like uh, apparently, uh, the this guy Neil Liu uh, says it's more or less the same game from a gameplay perspective. But there's like a lot of a lot of changes that like stuff like uh, if you die instead of falling down and your body disappearing, like for a period of time, the uh, opponent character would wave and disappear. What the heck? <laughs> I guess they are very, very restrictive on their yeah. censorship of what can actually be allowed in games, like mm -hmm. crossbones, skulls, skeletons, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and now now the character just disappears in a puff of smoke. That is very interesting. Also, there's not one top winner at all. 
It's a top in Peacekeeper. In Peacekeepers, it's the top five players. They get a notification that shows up that says, "Hey, you won. You can keep playing if you want to, but you won." What the heck is going on in this world? Yeah, right. And there's some. They have to make so many changes to make what is essentially PUBG Mobile okay for China. So PUBG Mobile in China is only in beta. Yeah. So people can still play the beta, and they count towards the overall viewership numbers. Yeah, to my so Call yeah. of Duty Mobile is not approved in China, but mm. they're still playing in China. I don't. I don't think they are, because I don't. I don't. The beta wasn't available everywhere, and I couldn't. I couldn't find a hard, like a hard, like you know. Oh, this that's is, the thing. This is it's really hard works. to find out where these things are actually available and what's being played. If it's actually yeah. the full release or the beta, so I didn't know this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think this is going to be even more applicable, like by the end of the year, because on December first, there's this thing happening in China where, in order to uh, get internet access and in order to get a phone number. You're going to have to scan their your face. Oh, they have that whole that like uh, mm-hmm. that economic like lifestyle like you're scored, right? Oh yeah, the social credit score. Yeah. This is entirely separate from that. You have either. to actually officially register. You now have to, to with your face. You got to register. Is this to crack down more on cheaters and stuff too? So like you're going to be mean, actually going go to, going after if you actually cheat in these games now. Like I don't I, your reputation is on the line. This isn't even this isn't even so much of like a game thing. It's just like a general life thing. Because it's not like <clears> just <throat> internet access for games. It's not like PlayStation Plus. It's oh, like, just internet access. It's in internet general. access. Period. You got to okay. get a new phone number. Period. You know, and. I mean, theoretically, it's supposed to combat fraud. I mean, who knows if that will actually work? China. Yeah, really, but man, they're doing. China doesn't really care about wicked fraud. things but, over there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, think about that. PUBG Mobile didn't get approved. Made by Tencent. That I, I just feel like there needs to be more fact checking. I, mm. I, I just, I, I can't believe that because especially for Call of Duty Mobile is such a big decision over there. Well, I'm, I, I'm very curious what's going to be released then for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear more from this, like this Neo Liu guy. Like I'd love to hear more of what he has to say about what he thinks. Like, does he? He didn't. He didn't say whether or not he thought PUBG Mobile would ever actually get approved. Maybe it never gets approved. It's just so shocking. Mobile market is so yeah. huge, and we know so little. Yeah. Like these numbers are taking off, and mm. we just don't know where from. And half of it's not even approved anywhere. Yeah. Like. Yeah. W- like I mean, and this, this guy. I mean, I do appreciate. He seems to know what he's talking about. He was like, "Yeah, our biggest problem has been the fact that mobile games were so nothing for so long." Like. Yeah. Anybody who remembers when, like, you know, when iPhones and stuff first started showing up, everybody remembers mobile games used to be garbage, Mm -hmm. utter trash. And now they're pretty good. Now they're actual, like, games. And, you know, I mean, Tencent seems to be pushing that ideal and making good money off of it. But who knows where we'll be in the future. We'll see if China falls on base. More coming soon, hopefully, in mobile news. Yeah, we will definitely keep you guys updated on what happens with this. Because I'll be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, for sure. A lot rides on it. Yeah. All right. Episode, podcast, episode, pods number 22. Okay. (laughs) Outros are not my thing. That was a sentence. Yeah. um, yeah. So thank you guys all for watching. As per usual, recap of esports rewind podcast here of all the breaking, crazy news. A crazy week, Zan. You got something to tell the viewers? Yeah, you know, I got our standard weekly housekeeping. Let everybody know where to find us and everything. So, hey, guys, hello, nice to meet you all. If you want to talk to us, listen to us on the go, or not talk to us, I suppose. I mean, you could, you could <laughs> talk to us while we're talking. You could talk to yeah, us. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to take we're issue not gonna with listen, that. But yeah, we may not respond because it is recorded, but, you know, we will appreciate it. Um, no, but if you want to listen to us on the go, you can find us on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's Prediction with two E's, P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I. Uh, we upload the podcast every week on Mondays. You know, the video version goes live on our YouTube channel, Esports Talk, every Tuesday. 
you know, and if you'd love more esports news, updates, breakdowns, you can always check us out at esportstalk.com. If you got a story to share with us, hit us up on Twitter. Yes, yes, DM mm-hmm. us on Twitter. Yeah. We we like to check our Twitter DMs mm. for potential stories out there, but mm. it's been uh it's been pretty crazy. Luckily enough, over the past week or two, we've had mm. so many stories yep. that we're gonna keep on covering here at esports talk. But as per usual, thank you all for stopping by the esports rewind podcast, thank the number so uh, top five esports podcast out there currently. <laughs> and we hope you guys come back next week. Until then, take care of yourselves, guys, and uh, we'll 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 see you soon.